This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That is the fact of the day. It is. It's true. Oh, I can't believe we didn't catch that on video. I'm kidding. I didn't have a fact of the day. Catch on video, audio, or we didn't even say anything. Well, that's not true. I was making just noises. like You were talking. I was warming up the vocal cords by just going like, wow, I was doing weird stuff. That's what we usually do. But I'm here. Not that it fucking matters. Like I'm uh, some type of uh, audio genius or something. You, I mean, no, this is audacity, and this computer's like fucking older than we are. Yeah, it is, man. It's it's rough, but we get it done, man. We get it done. We, we get, get it, it done. done. Navi's out in the other room. He's saying hello. He's he's screaming. Mitch has probably just walked in the door because uh, we are starting a cult. That's Grand Up Jake. Mitch is not in the room yet, but he might be coming through the door. He's not. He might possibly be here. I'm not he might. certain. But he'll, you know, he's on his way. I talked to him earlier. He'll be here. He's, he'll be here. He'll always come. So, we have, we, I'm not going to lie to you. We did not, uh, well, you guys knew this, possibly. I think we talked about it on the show. What? Or was that maybe Patreon, what we were doing today? What are you talking, oh, yeah, that was the Patreon, I think. Okay, so for the patrons out there that heard, we were doing something where we were each bringing a story to the table, all right? Um completely unrelated it actually did not because i know what jake's is yeah he does not know what mine is you just said all right i'm gonna find something to rival that it it does i don't think it rivals it it's just weird i i can't i have no other explanation but i came across it and i decided fuck it what better time than now i mean mine's just a dead baby well that's that's just yeah. I mean, they knew that from the you know, the, you the know, funniest the, thing the I've name ever known. of the episode. No, that's that's brutal. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, mine is. I'll, I'll put mine at the end because mine's pretty lackluster slash short. All right. Um, it doesn't. There's detail to it. You'll see it. You'll. See, I'm not gonna give it away. We're just don't talking about it. what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll get yeah. to it. Don't even fret, boys and yeah, girls. Don't even fucking worry. Oh, but yeah, other than that, it is, we are starting a cult. I'm Jake, that's Grant. Fuck you. 
it's backwards. It's today. all wrong. Why would you take up this my my role? Uh, we're not gonna and do it so poorly. I know that Chinese balloon got shot down. That yeah. was in the news. Yeah. Uh, just rapid fire, quick things. Uh, that happened. Uh, the new uh, Hogwarts game is out. That's all I've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm into that. It looks great. I can't buy it because I have the old Xbox. I gotta wait. True. But in the meantime, I'm watching gameplay and I love it. it yeah, it's great time. You should. It's great product. You should buy it. Oh, it's great product. You should buy it. Uh, the Super Bowl is going to be happening on Sunday, so place those bets now. Yep. 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 Warm up that dip and bring the wings. Get ready for that shit. Other than that, uh, nothing. Nothing really that major has occurred. Um, we, at least as far as the world goes, as far as I can tell, so many big things happen all the time in this world. That yeah, it's just a big thing every day, but you know, you don't always hear about it. South Park is back for a new season. They started Wednesday. That was pretty cool. I have yet to see it, but I know that they're back and they'll be on every Wednesday on Comedy Central. Wow. So without further ado, that has nothing yeah. to do with the show. But <laughs> Without further ado, let's talk about this fucking dead baby. Let's do it, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what. I remember in school, I was in a forensics class, and we talked about this case for more than one class. It wasn't, you know, a whole lecture or anything like that, but it did. It lasted probably two, three classes that we talked about it. Wow. And, Dude, that uh, forensics class was really cool. They, it they, was. They were, like, showing people how to, like, read fucking blood splatter and stuff like that. That was straight up the final for that class was... The teacher set up a crime scene with all the different stations, so it was fingerprint, blood splatter, things of that nature. Yeah, and you had to figure out who who done it. Yeah, and you got a little folder. It was sort of like a real-life game of Clue. You got a folder with three or four people on it. You had to go around and figure out who did the crime and explain how they did it, and it was a 50-50 split of credit. It was the ultimate showing your work. It was because so, if you just said, "Oh, it's this guy," you got a fifty for sure. Yeah, but, you're but then you have to be like, "All right, this is this is why." Mm-hmm. You know, it was really cool. It was it was a good class. I uh, I mean, everybody has I think heard of whether they know it or not is semi aware of this case. Yeah, but to what extent is a different question. It's Mitchell. It, it is Mitchell. Mitchell he has a haircut. Nice. Dude, haircuts here, man. You're looking handsome. Fucking fresh cut walking in my my house. All right. Anyways. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. this dead baby. All right. So, I'm into it. The Lindbergh baby. Do is you, it dead? Is do it you alive? Pronounce the D in Lindbergh. I always just said Lindbergh. I, 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 I think, put like an M in there. I feel like technically you do Lindbergh, but you say it so quick that it is just it's Lindbergh. Like, yeah. It's like people that say folks. Yeah. Folks. You know, I got to go talk is, to the folks. It, folks sounds way better than folks. Yeah, when you say it as a normal person would say it, it's just Lindbergh. So it, the D is essentially gone. In I that love instance. folk music. It's like, no, you love folk. Yeah, you fucking nincompoop. Nincompoop. Anyway, the... Your um, nincompoopery <laughs> knows no bounds. The Lindbergh baby. All right, it was a kidnapping, right? Uh, it remains to this day to be very widely known as just a senseless and terrible thing that happened. But... I never knew perhaps? anything past like the surface level of it, you know. Okay. So digging digging a little further into it, it it it's way more interesting than I thought it was. 
Let's do it, dude. I'm here. All right, so on March 1st of 1932, famous aviator Charles Lindbergh and his wife Anne, they were relaxing in their enormous two-story home. And they were in uh, East Amwell, New Jersey. How about that? Interesting. Also in the home uh, was their 20-month-old son, Charles Lindbergh Jr. So it's the same name as Charles Lindbergh, so I... We'll just be referring to it as Limburg Baby. How about we just we call him Chuck? If you're talking Chuck. about the baby, it's Chuck. I'm gonna have to rewrite all my notes. All right. Fair. Well, just you just correct me as it comes up. How about sounds that? good. Sounds all right. good. So yeah, also in the house was 20 month old Charles Limburg Jr., uh, the family nurse and maid Betty Gow, and their butler Ollie What Ollie Watley Watley. It's a yes. fun name either way. I don't know, but it's it's the word what and then E L E Y. Anyway, around ten PM, uh, you know, Betty Betty went to the baby's room. Did you just check on him? You know, it's pretty late at night. Only to find that he was not there. Uh-oh. Panicked. Panicked. She uh she called for Charles and Anne, who ran to the room immediately and three uh the three of them, you know, frantically searched the room. They searched all upstairs. They discovered that the window was open. That's, I mean, I don't have a baby, but I would imagine that that's probably at the top of the list of the last things you want to see. Yeah, just an open window in a childless room. Yeah. Yeah. it's Your baby is supposed to be in there. He's not. And the window's open, and that baby can't open the window. Say, no, no, this isn't right at all. Yeah, that's... This, there's something going on here. There's very few things I can think of that I would enjoy less than that. Yeah. So they, what do they do? They peek their head out the window. Underneath the window is a broken ladder. All right? And on the windowsill, what do you know? There's an envelope. Uh-oh. So it's it's even more daunting here. This is Ransom not good. Ransom time. Not good. Uh, Charles, he opened the envelope to find a ransom note, you you called it, uh, riddled with poor grammar and even worse handwriting. It looks pretty fucking hilarious. I think that's uh, that's almost a staple <laughs> of the ransom note community, is they cannot be very well done at all. No, yeah, just words entirely just not correct. The only person that did them well, it wasn't even really a ransom note, was Zodiac Killer, and... I, are those ransom notes? I don't know if they really are. No, they're just ciphers, and they're just like trying to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, no one could. So even, even the people that say that they figured it out, even the most recent ones that have come out, like, we figured it out. I really don't think they have it right. Yeah, I get Probably that. not, you know? I totally get that. Could just be purposeful nonsense. Makes sense. I get it. It does. Anyway, so real bad handwriting, deplorable grammar. Um,. So, realizing what's happened, Charles grabs a gun and quickly made his way outside, accompanied by Ali. And the two got to the spot outside of the baby's window, where the broken ladder laid, you know. And they discovered the baby's blanket. So, they're, they're, they're on the trail, right? Uh, but it was very dark, and the house was surrounded by woods, so they had no fucking clue where to even begin searching. So, they just went inside. Ollie called the... Uh, the police there uh, immediately, and Charles contacted his attorney. That's a very rich person thing to do in this situation. Just immediately call an, an attorney. You yeah, know what I mean? Without even a thought, I could get the lawyers on the line. It's like you, the police haven't even arrived yet. I don't know. It's probably a good idea, 
but that's something I've noticed in like stories like this. It's like I'm just immediately calling my lawyer. I didn't even do anything wrong. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I fucking call the attorney. Uh, when the police arrived shortly thereafter, you know the uh, the home was locked down. Police began searching the home. You know, inspecting the area where the ladder and the blanket were found, and the, you know, uh, interviewing everyone who had been in the house that night. But just like with the John Bonet Ramsey case, the police totally fucked up the crime scene, <laughs> like almost immediately. That's what they're best at: is causing more problems than they fix. It's like we're gonna lock all these men in the house who want to help, and they're gonna touch everything, and maybe <laughs> in the fucking case of uh, John Bonet Ramsey, clean everything with bleach. You remember that? I do. Yeah, <laughs> get on your hands and knees and clean. It's like, why would you do that? Uh, right, so multiple cops stepped all over the area of the yard where the, the ladder and the blanket were found, you know, destroying any hopes of figuring out which direction the kidnapper may have gone. Uh, at least five different policemen handled the ransom note barehanded, and the window and the windowsill were also touched by even more of the policemen. So, right. <laughs> a fingerprint analyst arrived at the home around midnight, but was unable to find any usable prints for the case. For some reason, maybe, you know, a bunch of other people smudged and touched it. But, uh, yeah, unable to find anything. Uh, The analyst was also unable to find any footprints in the bedroom, despite there being mud on the rug. Muddy rug and no prints. What's up with that? Weird. Uh, This put it in the minds of the police that the kidnapper had some sort of cover or wrapping on their shoes. And the lack of usable prints on the ransom note suggested that the criminal wore gloves. You know, and you want to hear this ransom note? Huh? I do. What do you think of that? I was kind of processing it in my head. What What else would it say? I'm just going generic, but... It's pretty funny. I, I included the uh, mistakes. So, dear sir, have $50,000 ready, spelled R-E-D-Y. 25000 in $20 bills, 15000 in $10 bills, uh, and 10000 in $5 bills. After two to four days, we will inform you where to deliver the money, spelled without an E. Uh, we warn you for making any ding uh, <laughs> public <laughs> or for notify the police the child is in gut, is supposed to say good, care. Uh, indication for all letters are sig- signature and three hahals. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? So the signature they're referring to at, at the end, uh, it was like two blue circles with a red circle in the center of each of them with three holes punched through them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and before you ask, there's no prints on the ladder either. So That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't it, like it, but, it, I mean, it makes sense, No, I it's guess. not good. And, like, the, the fucking talking about the Zodiac, this weird signature of, like, just shapes and poles punched through it. It's weird, man. I kind of like it. Yeah, I kinda, there, it, there's definitely something unique about it. Very theatrical, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, this is my insignia. It takes forever to do. Uh, so, by the next day, news of the kidnapping spread all across the country. And, you know, this was mostly due to the fact that Charles Lindbergh was, like, a household name at this point. Uh, he was super famous. He was seen as, like, an American hero uh, for his strides in av- aviation, mainly 
for his solo nonstop flight from New York to Paris, France in just under 33 hours. No one had ever done that before. 33, you say? 33 hours he was alone. Well, how didn't he sleep? I don't know. You know, but he was an American hero. So the news spread like wildfire. It was uh, because of his fame that the FBI soon came to assist the New Jersey Police Department, though the two law enforcement entities did not get along or agree on pretty much anything regarding the case. They typically don't most so, of the time. So, yeah, the FBI was pretty much just, hey, we're here. Uh, just let us know if you need anything, I guess. Okay. But uh, but that was more or less like, consequential because also due to Charles's fame, and social standing, you know, he uh, was basically in charge of the entire investigation, which doesn't seem, it, it, that seems ill-advised. It does. You know, he has a large stake in this. Uh, <laughs> but um, the base of operations for the investigation was even in the garage of his house for a period of time. They were just like meet with the FBI and police in his garage. Oh, Okay. And no moves were made unless uh, they had approval from Charles himself, which is strange. That they're, it's whole, it's super weird. Just the idea that police and the FBI are like, "What do we do, Charles? Your kid's missing. What do we do? We're not going to do anything till you say." It. I don't understand it, but cool. I guess. Yeah, all <laughs> it's right. It's pretty cool. It, you just get that. Uh, all right. So five days later. On March 6, 1932, another ransom note arrives at the Limburg home. This time, uh, raising the ransom from 50000 to 70000 And Charles wasn't short of cash, but this note did raise the concern that the kidnappers might just keep raising the price. Which they never, always fucking do. <laughs> never planning to like return the child, you know? That's sort of what they always do, right? Yeah. Who takes that number and is like, all right. We're good. Yeah. So they're up in the ante. The whole country's flipping out, dude. Everyone's going crazy. Al Capone even reached out from like, he reached out from, from prison. Alcatraz. From prison to Limburg. He was just like, Hey, I can use like the power I still have to help you try to catch whoever the fuck did this because you know I'm in like the criminal lifestyle. I have like connections and all that shit. But he was like, Yeah, you I can help you if you give me some legal help. But Charles ultimately, like, passed on the offer. But isn't that insane? He should have, <laughs> dude. Like, Why not? That's crazy. Al Capone's like, hey, I'll help you out. But, you know, I can't really... I, I don't know. I guess maybe in that time, especially since he was in jail, it's harder to take that, that advice. Well, that'd be like the equivalent of if, say, like, Navi ran away. And then El Chapo fucking calls you on the phone, Grant. And he's like, I can locate this dog for you. You just have to bring me a motorcycle or something. You I'm know, it's like... <laughs> if it was... Okay, I, I, and I don't mean to sound horrible, because I know people will take this the wrong way, so let me preface this. Okay. If it was my fiancé, I would have no other option but to say yes. I absolutely would. I, I would need to get it sorted out. I'd need answers, right? Now, if it was just Navi, I would at least try... The other avenues first you know maybe that's but like in the Lindbergh case this is your child you know don't you think you would do anything to make that happen i know? guess not man i guess not he, he does he, i'll do anything to get this <laughs> happening but but i won't take help from a guy who can help me 
I mean, yeah. In prison, and right? I'm not saying he should have. I'm just saying the option was there, you know? The option was there. Pretty it, cool, man. Missed opportunities everywhere, but whatever. I really didn't expect Al Capone to appear in this story when I first was looking into it. Uh, yeah, I can say I did not either, but oh well. Pretty insane. So, all right, the police by this time had offered a $25,000 reward for anyone who could safely return the Lindbergh baby. Oh, okay. And Charles offered an additional fi- uh, 50000 So 5000 more than what they were actually asking for, like the, the kidnappers, that is. All right, makes Insane. sense. This kind of money being offered as a reward was like unheard of back then. It was it's the equivalent to one million five hundred and forty nine thousand eight hundred and one dollars and nine cents today. And this was during the Great Depression. Dude, you'd have to steal a Kardashian or something to get that kind of money for ransom. Oh god, Jesus Christ. It's it's pretty insane. So they're putting up money and they're just like you need to find this guy, this child, and these people. Uh, more letters were arriving, but little progress was being made in the case. That is, um, until the kidnappers contacted a well-known Bronx personality. Um, Spike Lee. No. Uh, no. no. Not his name Spike was John Lee. Condon. This was, was not a, a <laughs> not a Spike Lee joint. Okay. Well-known Bronx personality, retired school teacher John Condon. John right. Connor. John. Oh God. He got. This is he wouldn't work with Al Capone, but he will work with fucking John Connor. <laughs> Skynet. Uh, Condon, he had offered an additional $1,000 to the reward money for the Lindbergh baby's safe return. And had shortly thereafter offered um, to act as an intermediary between the kidnappers and Charles. Right? So it's like, all right, you're going to be our middleman. He's literally just, I'm going to be the middleman. And uh, Charles and the kidnappers, the kidnappers, they just accepted this. They were just like, yeah, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, Let's man. Let's get another guy in here. Uh, <laughs> so the kidnappers instructed that communications with regards to the money would be done through the classified ad section of the newspaper. Okay. And that Condon was to use the name Jaffsey. Jaff, that's a cool Jaffsey. name. Jaffsey. Jaffsey. Yeah. yeah. Condon then placed an ad in the classifieds, uh, and it read, Money is ready, Jeffsy. So that's nice. Um, shortly after doing this, Condon was delivered a letter from a cab driver who had been given the envelope by his previous passenger. And so this letter told him where to find another letter <laughs> with further instructions, and it all ended up with a plan to meet with the kidnapper late one evening at the Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Ah, yes, right. yes. It's a pretty convoluted, fun way to do that. All right. So this meeting, it, it was it was brief and not in the best of lighting. So Condon couldn't get a good look at this guy. Uh, but the man claimed that he was a Scandinavian sailor who was in a gang of three men and two women. Root and tootin', dude. Root and tootin', bro. And that the Lindbergh baby was unharmed and being held on a boat until the ransom money was delivered. Okay, okay. All right. Condon, uh, he wanted proof that the baby was still alive, you know, naturally. Send me it's, a toe. It seems nice. <laughs> Hot blood. <laughs> Send the head, yeah. All right. Uh, he wanted proof still alive, you know, prompting the kidnapper to promise that the Limburgs would receive their child's pajamas in the mail. That doesn't show me he's so it's alive. A naked baby now. Yeah, if anything, it shows me he's closer to death without clothes. Yeah, it's probably cold. Maybe. I don't know. I, I just don't know, Grant, at this point. 
just before the end of the meeting, though, this man asked Condon, would I burn? If the package was dead, would I burn? Uh, <laughs> probably. I don't know if he's talking about hell or, like, like electrocution. Or All like... I know is I would have my baby hold up today's newspaper in a Polaroid picture. Yeah, All right? Like... <laughs> Basically, Condon was like, what? And, and yeah, he's... Uh, Kidnapper said, uh, he followed up with, he's still alive, don't worry, he's still alive. But, you know, kind of a weird would question. It be, don't would worry. it be wild if he wasn't still alive, though? So just hypothetically. Know? I'm not saying what anything. If it, what if it was dead? You but know? There, like, if he wasn't alive, would that be a problem for you guys? Or like, no, no, we just want him back. It's like, any, any state is fine. These are the dumbest <laughs> fucking people I've ever heard of. Yeah. I feel like I say that more and more as this show goes out. We just encounter This is literally just two idiots talking about other idiots in the world who did way bigger mistakes than we've made. We truly you do know? encounter some of the dumbest situations throughout history. It's fun. It's fun. All right. On uh, on March 16th, Condon receives the baby pajamas in the mail. <laughs> baby oh, PJs. Good. We got the baby PJs. And after Charles confirmed that they were indeed his sons, um Condon wrote a classified ad again. He said, money is ready. No cops. No secret service. I come alone like last time. You don't think the fucking editor of the paper thought that was weird? <laughs> well, I think they might have something. They, they probably know, you know? I like to imagine they don't. And the guy, the editor is sitting there reading it. He like, or she. I don't even care. Just care sitting there looking means. at it. What the fuck? Fuck! It kind of editorial is this? Secret Service? What? This is the craziest. Okay, just publish it. Publish yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, April first, April Fool's Day. Condon receives a letter, you know, and it says uh, it was time for the handoff. The next day, the whole cab driver's letter scavenger hunt scenario happened again, and uh, and you know they were given a time to meet at the cemetery, same place. Everything's you know whatever. So, the $50,000 ransom, which they just gave 50000 instead of the 70000 for some reason, uh, it, it was packaged in a custom-made box in the hopes that it could, you know, possibly be identified later. And though the bills were unmarked, their serial numbers were recorded. Ah. Very good idea, you know. Okay, okay. Condon met with the kidnapper once again, handed him the ransom, and was handed an envelope. And what did that envelope say, Grant? Baby money now. <laughs> sort of, yeah. It said uh, the, the kid could be found on a boat named the Nelly that could be found near Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Okay. You know, uh, the next day a large-scale search was conducted, you know, in Martha's Vineyard. But neither the boat or the child were located. That so sucks. The, they'd been had, you know, the Lindberghs had been set up. They got got, bro. They're, they're a kid and 50 grand down. Not a, not a good place to be. On May 12th of 1932, nearly a month after the money was given to the kidnappers, two truck drivers named Orville Wilson and William Allen. Cool names. Yeah, they're both pretty of them. good. Uh, they pulled off to the side of the road, you know, to piss. To piss in the woods. Like Sometimes most, you just got to uh, piss in the woods. Most human beings uh, are, have had to do at one point they or another. They have a Gatorade or a Snapple bottle. You know, they had they had to stop. Uh, when Alan went into the woods, he discovered a dead toddler. Oh, yeah, yikes. Yeah, the, the skull 
uh, was very badly fractured. The flesh was partially decomposed, and there was, uh, it, evidence of scavenging by animals was apparent uh, in, in, the, uh, in the appearance there. Okay, all right. So, the body was in such bad shape that Miss Gao, you know, the, the, the uh, maid, uh, the old, she was only able to confirm the identity of the baby from its overlapping toes and the shirt that she had made for the child being on the body. Okay, all right. So no no recognition other than toes and clothes. Which, yeah, for most people is not enough. Not, most well, even, people. Even at the time, though, the forensic science of that probably didn't have a lot of answers. Yeah, very much so. Nowadays, that's plenty to get you know DNA reading. So I was talking about this with someone the other day. Can you imagine being like a fucking fingerprint person back then? I can't say. You just get it? And then you just look at pictures of fingerprints all day. That one looks right. <laughs> and all while knowing that you might just not have this person's fingerprint on file. That one looks right, But it's man. just a warehouse full of boxes of sheets of paper. <laughs> you just have to look through. Like, this one kind of might be it. Oh, God. But anyway, this was... Uh, the, the body was found four and a half miles from the Lindbergh's home. All right. The family insisted on cremation. Which is probably good. You know, open casket there, probably not a good idea. Now, the task really begins of finding out who is responsible for this, all right? So in June, police began to suspect that the murderer could have been someone close to the family, all right? Suspicions eventually fell on a British servant that, though she indeed was not in the house the night of the kidnapping, had given conflicting information as to her whereabouts that night. So, she was brought in for uh, questioning on three separate occasions and reportedly seemed extremely nervous and suspicious. Rightfully so, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But on June 10th of... No, wait. Not 93. June (laughs) 10th. 1933, I believe. I I don't know. Okay, hold on. Pause for a quick second. Yeah, what's up? I don't know what the... Is that monster that Mitch yeah. is drinking back there? That shit smells like nail polish. It smells like nail polish pee and some sort of Holy like flammable shit. thing. I'm sorry. I know this is super... We deviated. say this every time, but it's it just hits you that hard every time. This is the most aggressive <laughs> <It's> smell. <laughs> let me, okay, let me get away from this. Holy shit. That smells Did like cleaning drink products. drink that shit? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. I... Dude, that gives me flashbacks of like Four Loco when you were really into those. Remember that, Grant? Oh, that was a crazy couple that months, was man. Fucking Christ! It, it does. <laughs> That's funny you say that. It does smell. It smells like the identical. puke of Four Loco. <laughs> that is holy shit, man. I don't oh. know. All right, I'm sorry. We can go back to the dead oh, baby because yeah. that's Good almost Lord. refreshing at this point. No, it's Holy good. shit. Yeah, so it wasn't 1993 that this. It was the same year, still 32, I think. 1932, yeah. June 10th of 1932, so there's this suspicious maid, right? She's questioned three times. But on June 10th, she was discovered to have killed herself by drinking a silver cleaner that contains cyanide. She was drinking the monster that Mitch has. And everyone was like, oh, we probably got her. She just took the easy way out. But no, uh, her alibi was later confirmed to be true. <laughs> and uh, the police were heavily criticized for their wrongful persistence. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so a woman killed herself. Um, many people were of the mind that Condon was somehow involved with the crime. But because it kind of makes sense, because after all, 
he volunteered to be the intermediary between the Lindberghs and the kidnappers, and he was the only person to have supposedly met one of them. You know, it, yeah. it makes sense. But uh, I don't know. Charles stood by and defended Condon, though. But uh, the public didn't always agree with that. I mean, I get that, kind of. I do. In response to this, Condon was running his own parallel investigation to the case. Like He vowed that he would find the man he met in the cemetery. He Batman-style promised vengeance. Yeah. He's like, I am the... uh, Yeah, all that stuff. I am the knight! (laughs) Or whatever the fuck Batman said. It's something like that. Yeah. Close enough. But... The investigation was basically at a standstill. The police turned most of their attention to just tracking the bills given in the ransom, right? Yeah. So, bourbon. Uh, 250,000 copies of pamphlets uh, containing the serial numbers of the bills were given that were given in the ransom. They were, you know, uh, they, they were sent out to just, just all over the country to just a bunch of different businesses. Okay, so it just went out. Most of them in New York. But uh, a few of the bills surfaced here and there in, you know, many different states, but the spenders were never identified. Mm-hmm. Also included in the ransom were gold certificates. Okay. And this was done on purpose because there was a uh, presidential order that any gold certificates had to be turned in to other bills by May 1st. So you had to, like, take them to the bank, get the money equivalent to them. Oh, it's kind of like the the real ID thing that we got to do here in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got until May to go get the real ID or whatever. Oh God, I got to do that. something like that. Is it? I think it is this year, twenty three. I have no idea. I don't know. All I know is my license is going to expire anyway, so I'll just do it. There you go. On uh, September eighteenth of nineteen thirty four. All right, two years after all this stuff, a banker found that a license plate number had been written on one of the gold certificates that uh, was turned in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the bill's, uh, the, the bill's margin traced it back to a gas station. And when questioned by police, the attendant of that gas station said that he had written it down because the man who paid with it was acting super suspicious and he thought it might be counterfeit. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to write this guy's fucking plate down just in case. Uh, the license plate number was that of a sedan belonging to a German immigrant with a very bad criminal record in Germany named Richard Huptman. Richard Humpman. Huptman. Huptman. <laughs> uh, so the police they just went to his home. They were just like, hey, you're arrested. They arrested him <laughs> like immediately and uh, discovered that he had over $14,000 of the ransom money in his garage. Holy hell. Right? Just in a box, in a shoebox. <laughs> Good for that guy. Yeah, right? Not so, really, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> he was brought to the station where he was interrogated and reportedly beaten. Uh, he maintained that the money was left with him by his friend, Isdor Fish, <laughs> who, okay. had, who had died in Germany a few months previous. Uh, it wasn't until he died that Huftman actually opened the shoebox and discovered the money, so he says. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. However, it really didn't look good for this guy because there was a lot more evidence in his home that they found. So they found this, a schematic of a ladder that looked just like the broken one outside of the Lindbergh's home. Yeah, that was found in a sketchbook. They found a schematic <laughs> for a ladder. Yeah, they you found mean? like he like he drew it out. He sketched it out. He did all the dimensions and all that. All the cuts like cut here. So <laughs> he literally. He had that. 
Um, there were sections of wood that matched exactly the wood of the ladder. Okay. <laughs> uh, and John Condon's phone number and address were written on a closet wall. Pretty so, damning evidence. I was going to say, like, this is... That has to be him, right? It's Come almost on. too good. It's almost as if it's planted. That's how it's good it is. It's almost as you know? if... Oh, we'll get to some other theories. But, so, Huptman was... Uh, uh, char- wait, hang on. Yeah. He was supercharged. <laughs> For some reason, my computer changed uh, charged to shared. But no, He was so shared he was, among the community. <laughs> he was charged with capital murder. And his trial was pretty open and shut. You know, like the wood that was found in his home was proven to be the, an exact match of that of the latter. His handwriting and grammar were uh, confirmed to be a match of that of the notes and the ransom, you know. Uh, his story about his deceased friend giving him the money to hang onto um, kind of fell apart more with each new inquiry. Uh, he was convicted and immediately sentenced to death. Okay. So his lawyers did the best to, you know, save him from that, but the appeals were very unsuccessful. So, yeah, I can imagine shit. Yeah, and Huffman, he was even offered life in prison without chance for parole in exchange for a confession, but he declined. Damn. So he, I wonder uh, why. I don't know, man. I don't know. He just didn't want to live. He was like, fuck it, dude, they got me, I'll just die. Yeah, Whatever. pretty much, man. So, it, sometimes you gotta just die. I mean, if you're caught that red-handed, what are your options, you it's know? It's true, it's true. He was electrocuted on uh, April 3rd of 1936. And after his death, some believe that the trial may have been unfair. Who knows? Many oh. suspected that there was uh, there was witness tampering and evidence planting taking place. I mean, I'm not saying there is. I don't know, but it is very... It's possible, dude. I don't know. And, it's too cut and dry, yeah. you know? And Hupman's wife, uh, she was no exception to this. She was in, in the 1980s, she sued the state of New Jersey twice for the unjust execution of her husband. But the case was dismissed both times because the statute of limitations had run out. Ah, But okay. she kept fighting her entire life to try to clear her husband's name until she died at the age of 95 oh. in 1994. Damn, I mean, good Isn't luck. Isn't that fucking wild, dude? That's a haul, man, for sure. That's a, that's a tall order. Yeah, I mean, I yep. don't want to speculate too much because, like I said, I don't truly know... Uh, we never will. It was too long ago. We didn't have the a while ago. the data that we have nowadays to be able to analyze that shit. Uh, it's very strange how perfectly they found all of that evidence. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, some people think it was all planted and stuff. And then um, the only one other thing that people think might have, it's like a conspiracy, but some people think that like Charles Lindbergh himself did it. Oh, we got a Ramsey because scenario. He was very, very much into eugenics. Like he was an Ooh. early fan of Hitler's eugenics. I mean, <laughs> and, what uh, better time, I guess, to be a eugenics yeah. fan than the fucking thirties and the forties. After this whole thing, like later in his life, he actually sought out German women specifically because he thought he could pure. he could, you know <laughs> Purity, get, you know, baby. Get a pure thing going. But so here's a piece the, the of whole, shit, but... um, the whole where it ties back to motive, is his child was like they said he had crossed toes, and uh... like there were some other things like balance and uh, the kid wasn't talking when it really should have been starting to talk and that kind of thing. So he was pretty much like, all right, this kid isn't pure, and he start again. I mean, 
you never know, and I, I, we'd love to dive That's into a the theory. conspiracies. That's a theory. That's sort of what we do here. It's what we love. Also, Charles Lindbergh apparently had Poland. <laughs> Porn? You no, know, I was, I was, I was going to say pulled, but Poland. He had pulled pranks on his wife before where he would say, oh, my God, the baby's gone. But he would just have hidden it in a closet. <laughs> oh, okay. It's kind of fun. Apparently, one of the first things that the uh, that Mrs. Gao said when she was like, the baby's gone. Did you hide the baby again? <laughs> I hate when you hide that damn thing. Yeah. So he was known for some cruel pranks. But... And kind of what I, where I was going was that he was a prominent member of society. People knew his name. He I wouldn't quite call him famous, but I guess at that time he would qualify as famous. People were stoked on him, dude. He was an American hero in the eyes of the public. Right. So you know it. It can be. I mean, it goes back to the John Bonet case where you never know. There I were mean, so many parallels in this story to that. It is. It's I was very thinking that strange. the entire way. It's definitely something that is pretty much on the same line, at least, when it comes to how it was handled, the end result, and the theories that are still left to this day. Yeah. They're all there. Body was found real close to the house. We'll leave it up to you to decide, though. You decide. Tell me what happened to the Lindbergh baby. I don't know. Everybody, nobody truly knows. But tell me was what you Lindbergh? think. Was it Lindbergh? Was it the the uh, cyanide eating maid? Was it? That's the craziest mystery of all. Is was it the German it? man who died and had all that evidence against him? <laughs> who knows, man? Who I fucking know, knows? Man. So, I have I have a little topic that it's not very long, so don't worry. But it will. Raise some interesting points here, okay? Is it the Lindbergh baby again? <laughs> what if it was, you <laughs> son of a bitch? You remember that Simpsons episode with the roast of Homer and uh, Moe's up there and then Kang and Kodos come out and they're telling like their jokes and Moe's like, they stole my bit! And he's like, now you will be probed. And he pulls out that probe he's like, word for word, god damn it. <laughs> I just have your notes. God damn it, dude. Can't believe you've done this. No, this is... It's something that I stumbled upon earlier this week before I knew what Jake was doing. So I tried to shift gears. It's hard to match to a story like that, you know? Yeah, mine had the dead baby in it. So I just decided to roll with it and give you something completely different. And it's a little too short even for a Patreon. It's not... It's not really its own thing. It's just going to spawn some interesting thoughts and conversation here. You know us well. You know that we love talking about aliens, right? Yeah. Especially me. I, I fucking love a good extraterrestrial. love those gray motherfuckers. Um, we also very, very, very in-depthly discussed a man named Aleister Crowley, okay? Yeah. Now, in this particular story, these two worlds will collide as one. Were the right. demons aliens? That's the are the aliens oh, demons? Oh my god! Nobody truly fucking knows. So I'm going to start this off by reading you an article. I believe it's from the New Yorker. Let me. I should have had this open immediately, but I'll pull it up right now. That you weren't doing that on your phone. <laughs> I was. I have it loaded up, but I just I didn't have it like open to click on. Uh, it's by the New York Post. Okay. Oh. Okay. The New York Post, and this article is dated as October eighteenth of two thousand and sixteen. I will read this to you word for word. You will or won't? I will. Okay. He believed the truth was out there. 
The UFO expert whose death has sparked out-of-this-world conspiracy theories was about to expose a cabal of politicians and celebrities practicing black magic. That's a classic tale, yeah. This was all claimed by his fiancée. Max Spears, a 39-year-old father of two, found dead on a couch in Poland over the summer with black liquid oozing from his mouth, reminiscent of the black oil that alien beings used to inhabit human hosts in the TV series The X-Files, spent his final months researching the dark arts. Wow. Not the Harry Potter dark arts. Oh, God, I want that game. Quote, he was going to expose black magic. He was going to expose some of the stuff he was working on involving political leaders and celebrity, end quote. His fiance, 31-year-old Sarah Adams, told Yahoo. I told Yahoo? <laughs> this is, you know. Adams said she spoke to Spears about his fear of dying numerous times. Quote, We were used to getting death threats or stuff like that from people, but I think this time seemed rather real, she said. He'd been sent threats saying that him and me were going to die. But even in the hours before he died, he was still looking forward to a future with Adams. I was going to have his child. He had messaged me hours before, she told Yahoo.com. It definitely could have been it definitely couldn't have been anything like suicide or something like that. Spears was in Poland over the summer to give a talk on conspiracy theories and UFOs something he had become an expert on over the years after claiming to be a survivor of the government super-soldier program. Holy shit. Many of his devoted followers have developed his theories, his own theories as to what caused his sudden death, including some who thinks it, think it's connected to the alien virus. Purity in the X-Files. This disease caused black goo to seep out of the human eyes and mouth. If it wasn't true what he talks about, then why would they kill him? Healthy people don't just get sick and die, they get poisoned, Craig Hewlett wrote on the site Project Camelot. I, healthy people get sick and die all the time. Okay, okay. Now, that might just be one little thing. It's interesting, right? It's fun, yeah, okay. I got another article. I feel like I've heard that story before, but it's just a bunch of different dudes and different, it's just a differently named man. I got... They always get taken out. Well, true. Um... This article from December 3rd of 2016, published by the Daily Star of the UK. Okay. This was actually attached with a video, but the video has since been deleted. Um, it says... Juicy. This video, which was uploaded to LiveLeak, shows the girl vomiting a thick black liquid before she passes out. I can see why it was probably deleted. The clip, titled, Wasted Girl Vomits Her Soul... Has sparked interest online as thousands of viewers attempt to explain the mysterious dark goo. Wait, did you did you look it up? Uh, I tried finding I it. I don't want to see. If I we found find it. a lot of videos of people talking about it, but I haven't actually found it. Oh god! Some live leak user claimed the girl was purging her soul because of a demonic possession. One viewer commented, "Whoa, she needs an exorcist." With another adding, "Was a demon trying to take over her soul?" Wait, is this? <laughs> Is this going to be the only tie-in to, to Aleister Crowley? Is just people commenting like, oh, this is like hell. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay, Don't worry. Right. But some viewers suggested she may have been taken, may have taken charcoal to treat what appeared to be alcohol poisoning. Ah, uh, yeah, the old purity there. Activated charcoal, according to some medical experts, can be used to rid the body of unwanted substances. One user commented, she was given activated charcoal, which absorbs and neutralizes whatever is in the stomach. 
In the ER, they pump it out or you can go down this more messy route. While others questioned whether the substance could have been an oil-based liquid. I don't need to like keep reading this shit. So this just speculated on what the black in the stuff course was. of a few months, two people uh, both had news articles written about them that were vomiting fucking goo, black goo. Did the did the girl die? Uh, it does not say. It doesn't really go oh. into any further detail. Okay. So what I want to bring up here is that Max Spears, the guy from the first one. Yeah. The second article has really no bearing. It just it was interesting that I found another tie-in article about it. In the days leading up to his death, I guess days is the wrong word. More more as the years leading up to his death. He got really 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 into occultism. So much so that he was starting to find connections between what Aleister Crowley was saying and what people were reporting as far as UFOs, okay? Okay. This guy was all over the fucking map. This guy did it all. Okay, sorry, but we had some technical difficulties. No, but we're back true. now. Uh, so as I was saying, Max Spears was getting very, very, very into the occult and the connections between the occult and possibly even extraterrestrials. Um, we talked about it. I'm not going to go super in-depth because I'm sure you guys are aware, at least a little bit, the occultism and the extraterrestrials, there's this weird line where they sort of get into the same ideas, but one believes they're from outer space and one believes that they are demons. They're from right? some astral realm. And sometimes they happen to overlap, and some people believe that extraterrestrials are interdimensional beings similar to how demons are described by Aleister Crowley and things like that. So... Max Spears was working on connecting these two. He was, I wouldn't say he was famous, but he was certainly a conspiracy guy that had a bit of a following, okay? Yeah, dude, he was doing talks in Poland for a month. Right, people came out, they wanted to hear what he had to say, and he was talking, about, and even before his death, he would talk a little bit about how these two things coincide, and it kind of went into a lot of the conspiracy of today where... It's believed that politicians and celebrities are practicing this weird form of black magic and drinking the blood of children and spirit cooking and crazy pedophile rings and all this shit. You know, all that true stuff. It, in a weird way, he was sort of going into that about eight years ago before that was even really a thing, at least as widely known as it is today. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Max Spears is that. If you try to look him up now, every single article you are going to find talks about how he overdosed on medication. All right? What kind of medication? That is the million-dollar question. Was it silver cleaner containing a cyanide? It, you know, no, I don't think it was. It's not that connected. Oh, okay. Um, but so, it, you know, talking about he thought he was a super soldier. He talked about that shit. He would astral project and have these crazy experiences. However, he also suffered from anxiety. Well, Not fucking, normal. Oh, I wonder why. Not out of the norm <laughs> is what I meant to say it's sometimes. Fucking... So, so does everyone. Yeah, you're right, Mitch. But this guy was getting fucking death threats. <laughs> yeah. Like, for a long time. On one of his uh, tours, he actually cracked his pelvis and required, you know, you. Not years, months of rehabilitation, things like that. Reasonable. 
And as they say now, he was addicted to opiates for pain relief, right? That'll happen, yeah. Now they say after this, he started using heroin. He started becoming a junkie. Blah, 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 right? The official cause of death is that he overdosed on Xanax in July of 2016. All right? So he's getting into heroin, but he overdosed on Xanax? That's what they say. Interesting. So after he was uh, after he died, six days after his death, he was returned to the United Kingdom from Poland. Okay. Okay. However, the family was advised not to view the body because they said that there was extreme deterioration on his face and he was completely unrecognizable, essentially just a skeleton. There's nothing left. Well, he didn't fucking like. Go through a windshield and like get his head grated down by asphalt. Like, what did you do to him? Uh huh. Like, he was just found. Why didn't you like preserve him in some way? That's a good Why? question. Why? So the Polish authorities started a full-on investigation into the death of Max Spears. Okay. Um, what they found after about three months—that was where we get the official report that he died of a Xanax overdose. But that does not explain the black liquid. And this was reported. You can read all the articles that talk about his death. Now, they're all going to push the overdose theory. But every single one of them makes very sure to mention this strange, viscous black fluid that was coming out of his mouth. And he is not. I, I, the reason I read that second article, he is not the only person in that year to get national, if not international, attention for the same thing happening to them. Black Sludge. I have seen people online try to defend the point that Max Spears was mixing drugs and all this, and then he overdosed. That was just vomit. That was just normal, regular vomit. I guess. I don't know. That does not explain why the United Kingdom authorities didn't even want the family to view him because of the deterioration to the face. Yeah, that is very suspicious. I do know that, like, to- if if you're like if you're like gonna die, sometimes you do start to to purge like some pretty dark colored. Oh yes, yeah. no, no, no. You're absolutely right. But yeah, why couldn't we see the guy? And it's it's strange to me because kind of you pointed that out, Jake. The second article it never mentioned that that girl died, so she did not die. That the black fluid isn't what killed him as far as we can tell it is very strange though that it sort of goes back to phil schneider this guy was going around talking conspiracies starting to connect dots between different types of conspiracies and then now he's randomly found dead it's a drug overdose nobody talks about it anymore right yeah his closest friends and family uh still deny that the official report is correct. They say that that is all fucking lies. He may he may have been on opiates at one point in his life, but he was not a drug addict, and he certainly wasn't a drug addict to the point where he would overdose and die from it. Okay. Yeah, in Poland, no less. In Poland, they don't do that. There. No, Actually, you can't do that in Poland. Like I said, it's a really short story, but it opens this door to thoughts and questions. I love extraterrestrials. I love the occult. I love those two things together. This guy is fucking dead because of it. Yeah. Okay? He, yeah. Now... He was linking the, the forbidden things. It's often pushed aside because 
even, 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 even in the conspiracy world, what this guy was talking about, what he was studying, and what he was going for as a theme was a little bit too extreme for some conspiracy people. Hell, even to myself, it's it's a lot. It's not as fun. It's a little bit sad. It's really kind <laughs> well, of just yeah. fucked up. I mean, in retrospect, all of it is pretty sad all the time. But you kind of it like the fun is derived from like it's probably not, but like isn't that crazy? All this stuff. That's a good point. But like when you start to truly believe it, and then one up yourself and keep anting up, it's like oh god, this is concerning. It is. It is. But the death of Max Spears is one that we will probably never speak of again because nobody even knows it ever happened. But it's an interesting story because we've seen this before. If you haven't seen the Phil Schneider episode, go back and check that one out. That guy was 100% killed by the government, right? 100%. He was a guy who uh, he had like crazy cancer and stuff and like he was, he his hand blown off. Who yeah, that? and he was cured by yeah. the alien technology. Yeah. Guy was 100% killed by the government. I don't care what anybody says. We talked about that one enough to know that that's exactly what the fuck happened. Yeah. Max Spears is a different story because it could go either way. The more articles I read, the more I lean towards, eh, maybe this guy did OD. I don't know. Who knows, man? If you're a family man, you're trying to avoid death, I think you're probably going to try to hide something like that. True. And that's why... It, it does not connect to the Lindbergh baby, but I felt if we were ever going to talk about this story, this was the only time that it would ever fit in because it's just enough to be the <laughs> nightcap to an episode. No, you're right. You're, t- you're absolutely right. It, it it's not, pretty fucking crazy. It doesn't have the meat to last as its own. Even the, like I said, the Patreon, We well, sometimes we do shorter little things. That's too short. That's far too short. It might be a little, a little nubby. But... It opens the door. Where do you guys lie? Do you think that the overlap of the occult and extraterrestrials is a real thing? Are they two separate things? Are they both fucking crazy? Or is it a combination? What what do we got here, huh? It's everything is the answer. That's what I want you guys to think about. You're more than welcome to reach out to us. You tell us what you think. I'd like to hear your ideas. But I think with that being said, that's effectively the episode. Yeah, you should reach out to us, and you can do that at our email. You can. Starticled at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then uh, we're on YouTube. Goes like and subscribe there. Uh, oh, God. Patreon is down below. It's, it's great. It's absolutely phenomenal. It uh, is and fun. Grant, I haven't talked to you about this, uh, but I have been thinking maybe we should just like make the Patreon just like, if you donate money, Thank you. You get these extra episodes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, but we, it, we still have the tier system of like different apply. promises. I, I, it doesn't apply. Well, it's... we could just like for new people who don't listen to this specific couple seconds of audio. That's true. Clarifying that, maybe we should change I did, that. I think maybe the first <laughs> episode we ever did, I followed the tier system. I've never want like if you are a patron, even a free patron, I believe. You can just go on, and all the episodes are available. I don't, I don't put them behind anything. Wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, we, they're all. We on. really don't talk about this much. <laughs> I, see, I've always done it because it, we're we're a small, we're a startup. Well, it's we're two dudes who like hang out with each other sometimes. It's not even a startup. This is it's too long to be a startup. Hey man, we really just do this for fun and just to have a good time. 
the Patreon was a way to buy supplies. We don't really need many supplies, and we have more than enough to get supplies if we need them now. So to me, I don't care if you donate a dollar or fifty dollars, you're still fucking awesome. And y'all, you're still everybody getting the can extra have it. episodes. Yeah, yeah, every single person can have it because there's no point. This isn't fucking capitalism. This is just people that want to support the show that they enjoy. So I will, uh, I'll see if I can go in there this weekend and maybe just delete the tears in general and just be like, "Hey, you're here." Yeah, it just donate whatever you want. You can come on in and have a good time. There is no reason to to keep doing something you don't want to do. You know what I mean? There you go. But yeah, do not fret. <laughs> you can literally give us a dollar. Uh, I could. I'll probably set one up too and just do a free version. Maybe you can get an episode or something. I don't know. How to do Who that. knows? But I'll fuck around with it. We'll make it happen. We'll see what happens. But anyway, yeah, that is Grant. I am Jake. Uh, we it's have started true. a cult, and Mitch is in the room with a handsome haircut. He's present. And accounted for. It's true. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week. Hello, everybody. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.